another episode of Dynasty in Conversation, a podcast where we learn about the lives of young people in Australia. This episode is a conversation with Monica Jew. She is a soccer player and a student and a mother of a young child. And her podcast episode is all about relationships and what it's like being a young adult, a parent, and also being parented at the same time. So tell me a bit about yourself. Well, as you know, my name is Monica. I'm a single mom to a four-year-old boy. I play soccer part-time. I work as an admin assistant. Mm -hmm. And this year I'll be studying physiotherapy. Oh, cool. Yeah. So is soccer something that you've always enjoyed playing? Yes, it's always something I've always enjoyed playing. Do you have a favourite soccer team like... Yeah, I have a favourite soccer team in EPL. Okay. And that's Arsenal. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know much about soccer, but okay. I do know that there are peop- going to be people out there who are like, Arsenal, boo, and then yeah. there are other people that are going to be like, Arsenal, yes. yes. I'm so excited to hear that. Yeah. Um, it's a very, like, passionate, like, people get very passionate about yeah. it, don't they? Yeah, very passionate about it. <laughs> Is that you as well? Are yeah, you that's there me. watching? I'm very screen? defensive. <laughs> <laughs> So what's your position when you play? I play as a centre-back, so as a defender, but I used to play as a striker. Okay. So these I'm just reaching into my memories of my very minimal soccer knowledge. So strikers are usually like the goal... Scorers. (laughs) Scorers? The laziest players on the pitch. (laughs) But the ones that get the glory. Yeah. Yeah. And defenders are like the, the blockers. The blockers, definitely. What do you like about being the defender? Uh, I guess it's stopping goals going through. <laughs> but other than that, I feel like it's a lazy position as well because <laughs> me, I'm a runner. So, right. Yeah. So I like to run all over the place. And, you know, I'm used to being a midfielder where we're everywhere on the pitch. Compared to being a defender, there's so much you can do. So, do you, is the, the league that you play in, does it get quite competitive? It does. It really does. But this year I'm taking time off playing because I have obviously other responsibilities. Other commitments to kind of, including um, raising a four-year-old child. Yes, he's starting school this year, so. Stop. So, he's starting kindy. Yeah. Does that kind of blow your mind to think of him being old enough to start kindy? Yeah, definitely. Tell me about when you first found out that you were pregnant with him. I was in year 12. Yeah, I was in year 12 and, like, I kind of suspected it. <laughs> but then I was just like, yeah, nah, until, like, my stomach was growing. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to go to the doctors and find out what's going on because I was getting sick from time to time. And then when the doctor had told me, I was just like, <laughs> you're lying. It took time for me to actually accept that there's a little human in me growing. So then... Monica's face right now is, like, was... Just then was just like surprise, yeah, shock. <laughs> so I, I had no emotions. I was just so confused. But I was like, eh, you know, I think he's lying to me. But what else can I do? Until my stomach was growing and everything, and I felt him moving and whatnot. That's when it really hit me that there is a little human in me growing. And was it then that you um, told other people about it? I didn't really tell anyone. But when I started showing, then that's when people asked me. I was like, if you know, you know. <laughs> but I'm not going to say anything. So 
but they were really supportive, especially my classmates, because I was still finishing high school and whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah, and your parents? Uh, they found out when I had gone to the doctors. Right, so they were... I had crazy morning sickness and I had gone in and I didn't know my mum followed me, so I was just going to go back to school and expect everything to be okay and then Chad walked in while the doctor was, yeah, just telling me everything about pregnancy and she's like, you're pregnant. She walked into the she doctor's in, room. Yeah. Wow. So, <laughs> so I was just like... I didn't say anything and I was just like, I can't. But the doctor told her and she wasn't quite too happy because she's like, still young. Because I was 18 at the time, so she wasn't too happy about it. And I couldn't come home because, you know, she had called all the relatives and everybody and I was just like, yeah, I don't think I can do this. So I just stayed at her friend's for for about a week and then I came back and then just resumed with my stuff. What were they? What were they most kind of angry about? Was it being unmarried or being young? Being young and unmarried. So both of them equally yeah. kind of. Yeah. Why do you think it was so important to them that you were a bit older and married before you got pregnant and had children? Because, like, I have two older siblings. They're not married. They don't have kids. So it's just like it's disrespect to cut off your older sibling. Until then, just like there's a there's a procedure that we have to follow. So unless your older sister or brother's married, you cannot go ahead and have a child or go, you know, get married until they've been, you know, through all that. But then afterwards, I'm young as well, and they wouldn't suspect you to have, to have like a a boyfriend and whatnot. So that kind of really just messed them up and said that. This is wrong. This this shouldn't happen. It's not within our tradition, and yeah, it took my time. It took my mom a hard time to actually accept that this is what it is, because it's like there's nothing you could really do about it. But then after the child was born, then that's when she had um let go of all that, because before that we weren't communicating at all. Oh, I was really? in the house with her and everything, but it's just the communication levels were very very minimal. So you're kind of walking walking into the kitchen with your big belly. Yeah. And she's walking out the other door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is she like now with your son? Oh, she loves him. She's like, this is not your child. This is my child because it's her first grandchild. So <laughs> she's like, until we have kids later on, you can't claim this child. It's mine. How do you feel about that? Because <laughs> <laughs> my son doesn't even call me mum. So it's just he's used to that. You know, mum tells him, I'm your mum, she's not your mum. So it's just, it's like, there's so much I can do, but my mum doesn't really accept that. At me as a parent, I also have to do things as a parent because she just tells me, you need to live your life. You're only young and whatnot and stuff. But it's like, I can't really, you know, because now I'm a mum, so there's not much I can do. Like, I yeah. can't go keep up with whatever other 22-year-olds are doing. Like, it will be weird. And it's just, you know. Do you think that this is how she's she's co- figured out how to cope with it? I think so. It's just if she has the child with her, then it wouldn't really, like, it gives her happiness and everything. So it's like, you know, you go do whatever you got to do, but don't worry about him. I have him sorted and everything. But at the end of the day, it's just, I feel like it's hard for her to accept that I'm a mum myself. Like, yeah. You know. Did you, because you said you had a 
older siblings, mm-hmm. did you end up kind of in conflict with them as well or were they a bit more chill? They were more chilled. They were very supportive of everything. <laughs> so it's just I had to apologise to them because it's tradition. But they were just very supportive and they've been there the whole way. So, yeah. Do you think that this is a tradition that will continue or do you think that you are part of a new generation where that tradition maybe isn't so important? I feel like it will somehow continue and also stop because we grew up here. So the ones that are going to get married here and whatnot and stuff, we don't have that mentality of what my mum had when she was back home where it was arranged marriage. You couldn't have a say in anything. You couldn't choose who you wanted to get married to and and everything. So at this point, it's just like, you know, we're in a different society. This is what we grew up in. We really have, we really don't have any idea of, you know, what your tradition is, but we're used to the Aussie way and that's how we're going to go about it. But there's not much we could really do. There's times where they do force it, but it's just it becomes a bit too much sometimes. You're the father of your son. Mm-hmm. Does he know? And, like, do you have a relationship with him still? I do not have a relationship with him. He's, like, um, shut me off and he's also shut off the kid. So yeah, then right. it's just everything I've been doing is just on my own and... Yeah, but he's aware of the traditions, but he didn't want to do anything. Is he also from... Yeah, from the same... Same community? Same community, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just... It's a disrespect too because you can't get someone else's child pregnant and then not follow up on everything else. So, yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I mean, it's... Um, that's difficult, isn't it? Because mm. you can understand someone not wanting to, like perhaps, you know, not wanting to be fully involved in day-to-day care, mm-hmm. but we can cut this bit out, by the yeah. way. This is just my opinion. But, like, you can understand someone maybe not wanting to be involved in day-to-day care, but then to just shut you out and shut the child out as well. Yeah. When you're both from the same community and you're going to see each other at events, like, that is cold. It's, it's too much, but... Wow. There's nothing you can do about it, but just to just keep going. Oh, you can't keep change people, and, but yeah, you can't. Um, my okay, back on track. Sorry. <laughs> when I think of arranged marriages, I think of some of my friends' experiences from um, Indian communities, which is more like a, it's more like kind of. Tinder, but the aunties control Tinder, and then so <laughs> you know, so so you still have a bit of a say, and you still get to meet the person, but it's 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 kind of like brokered, you know. Mm. Is that the same situation? It's, it's similar, but with us, it's the uncles from your oh. father's side that have control. Not even your mum would have any say in anything. Okay, so it's the uncles that control. Everything, but it's just the females will not have a say. But do you have a say when it comes to saying yes or no? No. Right. Everything's by force. <laughs> how does, how have you had, ever had like a conversation with your mum about that? Or you, 
and how yeah. that feels. And like I've had a conversation with her and she's just like, nope, that's tradition. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't change it. Why do you want to be somebody else and whatnot and stuff? And I said, to be quite honest, like I understand we all have our traditions and whatnot, but it's just, it's better if the girl was to pick you know, who she would want to fall in love with or who she's going to have kids with. What if the man ends up being abusive? Uh, I mean, like, this, this is all those things. And she's just like, no, nah, that's not going to happen. But I'm like, but there's cases where it just happened. She's like, yeah, but people don't really think about that. You're just thinking about the negatives. I'm like, no, as a female, I'd want to be with somebody that will look after me and... You know, somebody that I want to be with, not somebody that is forced to be with me. Like, nothing's going to work out. Especially you don't know this person. You've never spoken to this person. Oh, you don't get to speak to them before you get married? Not at all. Are you worried? Like, do you have like a, in the back of your brain, concern about, um, about your marriage prospects now? And if having a child is going to mean that you... Uh, in some way, like, rejected from the community? Um, in a way, yes, because they'll be like, oh, she's had a kid, she didn't get married or anything, so she's worthless. So she wouldn't... Because we do dowry, so it's just like, she's not she, she's not worth the, you know, she's not worth the amount that you would expect of a girl. So we're, we're paying, like, cows, so a girl that was to cost maybe 200 cows has for somebody that has had a kid and never got married and whatnot will be probably like 60 to 80 cows. Right. Yeah. Are we talking actual cows? Actual cows. In Like in Australia? <laughs> Not or? in Australia. Back home. In Australia, they convert it to money. <laughs> so sorry. It's okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So, so a cow is worth a certain amount of dollars and then... Yeah, so a cow would right, okay, cost about at least... $300. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, wow. <laughs> okay. Um, I really I really hope that you get to choose who you get to marry or who even if you get married. Yeah. Having so you know, we've talked about the potential to get married. Then does that mean that this that your decision to do go to university and do physiotherapy as a woman, is that kind of um, something that your parents encourage you to do? They weren't encouraging it. They were just telling me, you just need to work, work, work. And they were telling me to get married. Right. So I was just like, it just doesn't happen. Like, it doesn't happen straight away. And even if I do get married, like, either way, we have to go through all that process and whatnot. And I'm just not ready because they wanted to do an arranged marriage on me. Mm-hmm. But I had said that I'm only 22. Like, let me grow at least. And it's not the end of it. Like, I'm pretty sure I can find a guy that I need to get to know. And that will eventually happen in the near future. But at this point, I don't feel like there's a need to, um, you know, get married. Because to them, it's like once you've been left with a child and whatnot, you have to get married straight away. Do many women, do many married women study in your community? No, not at all. Do they, do many married women work? It's, no, they're just at home looking after kids. So if you come into a Sudanese household, there'll be about six plus kids in one household. And that's what it is. The ladies are just meant to be housewives and give birth to kids and that's their purpose. 
Do you see that in your future or are you? <laughs> Not at all. You're like. Yeah. I have is... to hustle. I have to do what I got to do. Same as my partner. There's no such as he's the man. He's the one that's going to go to work. All you have to do is be a housewife and have kids. No. So tell me about your partner now. Um, at the moment, I'm dating someone and he's 24 years old. And yeah, we're getting along quite well. So he's aware of my son and whatnot. And he's great with my son, honestly. So it's just, if we were to take it to the family and tell family that this is what we want, we'd have to go through the whole traditional stuff and also the fact that I have a kid because his family doesn't know that I have a kid. So it's like, if they do find out, it'll just, it would not be their cup of tea. You have to go to the uncles. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, hey. (laughs) So it's just my side of the family, like from my father's side, uncles would have to communicate with his father's side of the family and see if it's going to work. Sometimes people end up refusing. So they can refuse and be like, yeah, she's had a kid. So no, just had a kid with somebody else. So that's not going to, that's not going to work. So this all sounds like this massive amount of pressure, right? Just like bearing down on you. How has being involved in Dynasty helped you determine your own path for your future? Because I was around my peers and they were encouraging me to do so many things. They're just like, you just go study. Like, it's your life. You're in control. You have to make yourself as an individual where you know what you want for yourself, you know what you want for your child because time is not going to stop for you. And with the little events that we had that we would have once a month and whatnot encouraged me just to to find my calling where I actually really just want to be involved within the youth, but also it was getting rid of that stress because before that I had depression and everything, but Mm. they had invited me to just come be a part of the group. You don't have to do much, just a matter of just, you know, hanging out and talking and and the topics that would have sometimes I could relate to and I could find answers to that where I couldn't get those type of answers from, you know, my family or whatever. So it really helped me come out as an individual and made me more of a happier person, a more productive person. And, yeah. So, That's amazing. Yeah. What are your hopes for your son for his future? Oh, I hope he will never have to um, feel like he's been failed because everything that I'm doing is just by myself. And the because he asks us questions like, where's my father and whatnot? And it's just like, you know, I can't really tell you exactly what's going on but it's just he's not here and he's not able to help but we will be able to help you so I hope later on in future he doesn't have to ever feel like he was ever neglected in a way but know that a lot of work was put into making him become as another man himself and be able to express himself do the things that he wants to do without anybody controlling it to finish on.